2: 2 Corinthians chapter 4
0: and begin with verse number 17 For our light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and everybody say eternal eternal weight of glory while we look not at things which are seen but at things which are not seen for the things which are seen are, everybody say temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now let's read from Deuteronomy the eighth chapter and I'm going to read two little segments out of the eighth chapter beginning with the second verse and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee forty days in forty years in the wilderness to humble thee, think about that now, and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might Know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. The fourteenth verse now. Then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness. Wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna which thy fathers knew not, that he might, here's that word again, humble thee, and that he might, here's that phrase again, prove thee to do thee good at thy. might do us good in the latter end. By the help of the Lord, I'm just going to talk to you on a simple subject. I only have to preach half of my message this morning. Brother Danny's already preached the first half. At prayer, he got up and I was like, well, that's pretty much what I'm preaching this morning and, and uh, we didn't talk, so I guess I can cut this one in half. You're in luck this morning. But By the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach to you this morning, trouble won't last always. Trouble won't last always. Lord, help us this morning to deliver your word. God, I know your word is a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. Lord, I'm praying today that your word would bring light and illuminate somebody's path this morning that's been walking in the darkness of their own will and way. And God, that you would turn the light of hope on and let us see, Lord, what you are doing and that you're working things for our good. We bless you this morning, honor you, give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them trouble won't last, and you may be seated. Trouble won't last always. We have strange ways of looking at things. It's human. It's very human of us to look and think. When things get bad, that this is the way it's always going to be. I'm sure I'm not the only one that has been going through a struggle for a season, maybe a long season. You know, some seasons are a little longer than others. And when you get in those long seasons that feel like they never go away, I feel that way a lot of times in the in in the spring. I, I all of you who know me, know that I'm I'm not a winter person. Yet I live in Indiana. And um, uh, when when it's supposed to be spring and I'm talking to my family in Texas and they're talking about 70 and 80 degree days and we still have snow and ice, me and the Lord start talking a lot. I do most of the talking. And it seems like that it's never going, the season's not going to end. And, you know, you'll get that warm-up and think, oh, here it is, summer's coming, and then boom. We went out to camp four weeks ago, the first camp, children's camp. We went out, we were all planned and prepared, and we were working that camp. My wife and I were working that camp, so we had responsibilities, and we get out there. And uh, little did we know that it was going to drop down. I think one night it was 51 degrees, all I had. No sweatshirts. And I mean, we were we were going up to people like they could do something about it in our complaints, and we're saying, What's with this weather? And that was what everybody was saying. And we were talking about how, my goodness, it's June. Don't they know that the weather's supposed to change in June? Somebody talk to the forecasters so they could change the weather. Sometimes. When we get in seasons, we start thinking that it's going to last always. And what I've noticed is that many of us allow things that are truly temporary to rob us of our joy, to rob us of our peace. Anybody with me this morning? You allow temporary things to rob us of our joy, rob us of our peace, rob us of our contentment because somehow we start thinking that what is intended to be temporary is going to be eternal. There is a vast difference between what is intended to be a season, temporary, and what is intended to be eternal. In our text this morning, we read about Israel and recognize in this text that some trials are brought to us courtesy of God Himself. He suffered them to trial. In other words, He allowed them He allowed them to get hungry so they would appreciate the manna. He allowed them to go through drought without water so they could appreciate the rock when it brought forth water. The Bible said God suffered them to hunger or he allowed them to hunger. That means God intentionally in his great plan said, I'm going to allow this path of hunger in their life. When they were there, they began to complain. As a matter of fact, if you read the whole story, they became so frustrated that they began to rebel against their leadership. They began to say, we would to God that we would have stayed in Egypt. They complained about what they were eating. They complained about what they were facing. Everything was wrong. And in their complaint, they failed to understand that God was proving them. That he was suffering them to hunger. God was allowing them to go through hunger. To let them get thirsty to let them get in tight places and times of distress and discomfort. I didn't understand this in the early years of ministry. I didn't understand why that I had to go through tests and trials and hardships and struggles and how that some things that I went through, I do believe that God was putting me through some proving. Is there anybody in the house that served God a while that can testify with me this morning? When you're going through it, it doesn't feel good, and you don't understand that until you look back and see that that was God taking me through so that he could work some things into me and work some things out of me. Am I talking to anybody this morning that understands that sometimes God will allow you to get into trouble? Sometimes God will even give you the desire of your heart when it is against His will and we get ourselves into trouble. He'll let us get hungry sometimes. He will let us get in a place with our back to the wall. He will allow us to get in a situation where the Red Sea is before us and an Egyptian army is closing in upon us. He will allow us to go through the fiery furnace. (coughs) He will... Allow us to spend the night in a hungry den of lions, and he will let us wait before he fulfills his promise. Oh, but his promises are yea and amen. He will always keep his promises. God always keeps his promises. Why? Why? does God allow us to go through these things? He said He allowed Israel to go through these things so He could prove them and so that He could humble them. Here's what the Scripture teaches about humility. It said either humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that He might exalt you in due season. There's another text that follows suit with that. And it talks about falling upon the stone and our life being broken by us casting ourselves upon the stone. But if we refuse to cast ourselves upon the stone and be broken, then the Bible said that the stone will fall upon us and it will crush us and grind us to powder. Humble yourself. So, therefore, when we fail to humble ourselves, then God says, I'll take care of it. I will suffer you to hunger. I will prove thee by the things that you're going through. I will allow you to go through, through some things. But the good news in our text this morning is this, that when we go through these fiery trials, they are just temporary. They are but for a season. King James Version uses a word temporal Which means for a while, or for a season, for a short while, lasting only for a limited time. Remember now, God said that he did all of this so that he could do us good in the latter end. That means that God is working everything. He's working everything. I want you to look at your neighbor and just tell him, everything's working for your good. I I really want you to say it like you mean it. I want you to find somebody that you can look at in the eye because there's some folks going through some things this morning, and I want you to tell them God is working it for your good. I know it's hard to believe it, but we're going to say this a few times this morning until we get it in our spirit. There are some of you that are going through some things in your life that you feel like God doesn't even know where you are. But I came to this pulpit this morning to tell you He's working it for your good. It's not permanent. It is temporary. Trouble won't last always. Because He's going to do good for you in the latter end. If you'll humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he's going to work some things into you. That may mean some submission that you are rejecting and refusing, but God is saying, if you'll humble yourself and do my will and seek my face, then I will come on the scene and the proving will be done. The test will, you will pass the test. To do good at the latter end. Your suffering won't last always. The storm." doesn't last always that emotional battle that you feel like you're going through and may seem like you've been in for a very long time it's it's just a season I wish I could connect with the rest of you this morning and get you pulled into what I'm trying to say that financial struggle that you've been feeling and going through it's just a season God's got something better for you some of you have walked through some very dark days, some of the best things that's ever happened to you. Pastor Danny's sitting on the front row this morning. It was just a few years ago that a situation happened in his life when he pulled up in this very parking lot, looked at me and said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but God turned it around and worked it for his good. And if it hadn't been for a day of suffering, there wouldn't be a day of blessing. You've got to go through it for a season, for the better season to come. That sickness that you're going through, it's not eternal. By his stripes we are healed. That means it's already done. It didn't say by his stripes there's a possibility of us being healed. The scripture said, and by his stripes we are. That's a positive. We are healed. It is already done. One way or the other, healing is ours because he took stripes upon his back. We are. This is a season. That job that makes you miserable, it's not eternal. God's got something better for you. Just hang on. Don't be foolish. Don't get in the flesh. Let God direct you, but he's got something better for you. That problem that makes you cry and weep and stay awake at night, that pain of betrayal and deception, it isn't eternal. What people are saying about you, just live righteous. You know the best thing you can do when people say evil against you? Just live righteous and godly. Because after a while, it's proven. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Listen, listen we all have times of being fragile I had to I had to learn I remember when Bishop Price used to say to me you got to grow thick skin you got to grow thick skin I didn't really understand what he was saying I didn't know that but when the enemy comes and the fiery darts of the wicked come and people start poking at you and start speaking against your leadership and speaking against your ministry and talking against your family and talking against your home and talking against your church and saying whatever they can saying every evil thing they can against you just hang on and live righteous and live godly and live holy because the time is going to come when God is going to prevail and let him be the final word in your life. It's just temporary. You may be crying today, but you'll be, joy's coming in the morning. You may be broke today, but you'll have more than enough in a little while. Just be faithful to God. Just keep being faithful. The pain today may be be affecting you so deeply, but healing's on the way. Just just hang on. Just hang on. Help is coming. I, I may be going through it today, but I've already told you it's only temporal. Because this life is filled with nothing but seasons. It's temporal. But there is an eternal hope. There is an eternal home. There is an eternal weight of glory that awaits us. And if we'll just endure until the end, if we'll stay the course, if we'll keep on keeping on, that day of hope is going to finally arrive. This is just temporary. Trouble don't last always. Last week at Indiana camp, a storm blew through and the lights started going out, text messages were going off, my wife and I were away from our RV for a few minutes, and text messages were coming in, people asking me questions like I had all the answers, I wasn't even there. How long is the lights going to be off? Well, I don't know. I don't know. We got back, and I, I noticed that the microwave clock had been reset, so I knew we had lost power for a moment, I didn't know how long, but there's something that I know, when when, when when the electricity goes off because a storm blows through, uh, you don't you don't get up at that point and start ripping out all of your electrical wires. At least I hope you don't. You know when when you, if you have a, a water pipe break, you don't you don't just rip out your bathtub. That's right. You 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 go to work. You go to work. You 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 just wait because you know that it's just going to be for. A season. I remember when my wife and I first married and moved here, and um, it was 91, I believe, it was the first winter. We got married in the spring of 90, and so 91 was the first winter that I had ever, '90-'91 was the first winter that I had ever been through, and uh, how many of you remember the ice storm of 91? Yeah, my inaugural visit to Indiana. Electricity was out here in town. I don't know. I don't recall, I think it was something like 10 or 12 days we were without power. I was working for my father-in-law at that time and I think we went somewhere well out of town and we worked uh, like the whole time and most of the family I think went to Ohio to visit family. Uh, We didn't just go call somebody to get a bulldozer and bulldoze down the house because that was just for a season. It was it was a tough season. It was a difficult season. There were people that lost a lot of things. They lost the refrigerators and freezers. Uh, every the food went bad and things went. It cost people a lot of money and trees that people. Uh, Had had always enjoyed the limbs were broken down off of them and it it was a costly event over several counties here in and around this region of North Central Indiana but it was just for a season people don't drive through now and say yeah look at all this damage from there we don't even think about we just we talk about it we talk about it but but it doesn't it doesn't have any real effect on us today. There was a season I remember driving through. I remember one particular neighbor out east of town had some really nice beautiful trees and all the limbs had broken and they came out and cut them and I looked at those and I thought, it'll never be the same. It'll never be the same. I don't drive by today and look out at their yard and say, oh, it'll never be the same. As a matter of fact, you can never tell anything ever happened. It seemed like it was going to be eternal, but it turns out that I look at time one way, God looks at it another. It feels like this is going to be eternal, but God says, no, it's just a trouble for a little while, and then it's going to pass away, and there is an eternal weight of glory that's coming. Life is full of things that are temporary. Nobody enjoys them, but the positive side of them is that when things turn back around, we can appreciate it. That's why God had to prove. He allowed them to hunger so that they could appreciate the manna. He allowed them to thirst so they could appreciate the water that he was providing. The wilderness was never supposed to be fun. It was never supposed to be comfortable and enjoyed. The wilderness was supposed to cost them some time of frustration. It was supposed to be difficult and undesirable. See, here's where the rubber meets the road. This world, I wish somebody would finish it for me this morning. This world is not. (laughs) This world is not my home. That's why James said, in this life, you will have trouble. In this life, it's a few days and full of trouble. In this life, it was never, this world was never intended to be something that we enjoy every moment. As a matter of fact, the wilderness was supposed to be a struggle. It was supposed to be hot during the day and cold at night. The ground was supposed to be hard. They were supposed to get hungry and thirsty. They were supposed to hate the wilderness and find it undesirable. They were supposed to hate being surrounded by deadly, poisonous snakes, snakes and scorpions. They were supposed to love God and be thankful for His daily provisions, but hate the wilderness. We went through a season in the church where we talked and sang a lot about heaven. And somebody decided that was escapism and was a bad idea. And then all of a sudden the song changed and we quit talking about heaven. I feel like this morning that we need to get heaven back in view. Oh, come on, somebody. We need to start understanding. We're saying, oh, bless me now, my Savior. Yes, we want the blessings now. But this world was never intended to be a life of blessing and enjoyment. In this life, we may have seasons of heaviness, but it will work for a more eternal weight of glory. I've got a home on the other side that's going to outshine whatever I have here in this life. My hope is not here, or I would be of all men most miserable, but my hope is on the other side. If you've got a hope in glory, you ought to give God a shout of praise in this house this morning. Come on, you ought to lift up your voice this morning. No, it's not escapism. It's called faith and hope for the eternal weight that is before us. The problem was, they got adjusted to a wilderness mentality. They got comfortable just, just barely getting by. Just get up every morning, collect the manna, go get water out of the rock. Shoes don't wear out, you just don't have an extra pair. Clothes don't wear out, you just can't ever change them just get by, some of you ladies would have a really hard time with that, and us men too. They got adjusted to a wilderness mentality, they got comfortable just knowing that they were going to just get by, just enough money to put gas in the car, just enough to buy some milk and bread, maybe some bologna on a good day, and we're just getting by, just enough to keep the lights on, just enough to survive, just enough to... Just enough to keep peace and sanity, but not enough to be able to sleep at night. I'm trying to help somebody this morning. Just enough faith to believe that I'll go to heaven when I die, but not enough to believe that I can walk in divine health and strength here. God gave them just enough. God gave them enough manna from heaven, enough water from the rock. Their clothes didn't wear out. Their shoes didn't wear out. But all of this was just provision for the journey. It was to sustain them until they came to the promised land. Understand, the wilderness was a season. Granted, a 40-year season. But the wilderness was a season. It was not intended when they get when they have the opportunity to go into the promised land and they're 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 getting ready to go in to the promised land the lord did it by miraculous provision and the first city they came to is jericho and they come to jericho jericho had walls it was shut up and had walls and the lord just said ah we're going to make this easy on you. Just march and shout and the walls are going to come down. And it seemed like so easy. They marched and shouted and walls fell. Oh, this is how it's going to be the whole time. No. No. Because even in the promised land, he said, now I want you to go take Canaan. And if you're going to take Canaan, you've got to fight. You're going to have to fight in this battle. The outcome, it's sure because I promised it to you. You're going to win, but you got to fight. He said, all this land that you have, oh, there's giants in the land. The Lord never said there wasn't giants in the land. As a matter of fact, he told them, go disinhabit it. Go fight. Go fight giants. Go throw the giants out. Go, go get go get the giants That I almost preached about the giants this morning because the Lord began to deal with me a little bit about it last night. Some of us come against giants and think, oh God, it's you. And the Lord is saying, you go ahead and fight. You may be a David against a Goliath. You go ahead and fight. The outcome is sure. This is a season, but the season, in order to pass the test, you've got to fight the giant. And so the Lord's saying, yeah, there's giants in the land. But it's yours. The outcome is sure. Now go fight in the land. Go disinhabit. Go dispossess the land. That's the word the King James Version used. Go dispossess the land. Go throw them out. I wish I could get somebody to understand this morning what the Spirit is saying to the church today. Don't get satisfied like you are. Life is designed to be this way for a season. We're not supposed to be comfortable like this. God is speaking to the church today to not forget this is temporary. The promise is still coming and the promises of God are yea and amen. Listen, church, we can't afford to get a wilderness mentality and say this is where God has us. We've built a building. God's given us some growth. We're comfortable. Bills are paid. Lights are on. We have good church. God's blessing. Here we are. It's going to be a couple hundred of us and no more, and we're just going to hang right here where we are. That's never been God's plan for this church. Oh, no. No. Oh, I wish I could get somebody to get on board and have a little church with me this morning, but I come to tell somebody that we go through seasons. Yes, we do, but we got to have revival. We've got to have growth. we got to see souls in the altar. We've got to see the baptismal tanks used all the time. It's got to happen. Growth has got to come. This is God's plan. Yes, we go through seasons of heaviness, but there is an eternal weight. We have a responsibility to this region. I refuse to stay stuck where I'm at God's calling me to go higher but you know what he doesn't he doesn't take my feet and make me walk David said he makes my feet like hinds feet that means that wherever I put my foot it gets a grip tell your neighbor get a grip (laughs) yeah but you got to do the walking walking you got to do the walking. You've got to decide, hey, I'm not going to sit here. Some people just pray, oh, God, if you want to take me to the next level, do it. And the Lord's saying, get up and put your feet on the ground. I'll make your feet like hind's feet where they will not slip. But you got to get up and do the walking. You want to move up spiritually, you're going to have to show up to prayer meeting tomorrow night. You want to move to the next level, you're going to have to be a worshiper. You're going to have to be sacrificing. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you. I'm not gonna stay stuck where I'm at. I'm gonna trust God to take the next step. And trust that, hey, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about no, I don't know, but I'm trusting God. He'll make my feet like hinds feet. I'm gonna put my foot down and take the next step until the Lord says, That's it, that's it. The season's passed. I tell your neighbor it's just temporary. Paul said, our light affliction, he must have been comparing the troubles of our troubles to the sufferings of Jesus, because he said, our light affliction. Sometimes the afflictions that we go through don't seem so light. Can I get an amen? Sometimes the things we go through seem so heavy. They seem they but he must have been comparing them to the sufferings of Jesus because sometimes this affliction feels so weighted and so heavy. He said, Which is but for a moment. It doesn't even seem like a moment. For some of us, it's been a long season. For the children of Israel, it was 40 years. And he called it a moment, but in the grand scheme of God's time frame, 40 years is just a little blip on the on the radar. It's just, it's just a little moment. It's just a little trickle, just a little flash. This life is a vapor, but it is temporal, but eternal. The eternal weight that is ahead of us is worth the fight and the struggle. Got to hurry. Sometimes you hear people talking about midnight. In the midnight hour, midnight is not morning, but it's not evening. Midnight is when you are in the middle of the night. Mid, middle night, midnight. Everybody say midnight. At midnight, when you're in the middle of it, the midnight hour is critical. Because we've been in it for a while, but we still have a, a while to go. Midnight. What do you do in the midnight hour? The Bible doesn't miss anything when it comes to chapter and verse. Paul and Silas, with their backs beaten, humiliated, thrown into the most filthy, darkest part of the prison. The Bible said at midnight. They prayed and they sang praises unto God. And God shook the jail off its foundation. Every door opened and set every prison free and brought salvation to the jailer in his house all because in the midnight hour, they didn't sit down and suck their thumb and start feeling sorry for themselves. But they prayed and they sang praises. Oh, come on, church. The best thing you can do in the season you're in is to get a hallelujah, get a get a, get a a praise God. Come on, you you need to get a song in your midnight hour. You need to get a praise in your midnight hour. I'm going to start showing up to church with a song. I'm going to start showing up with a praise, with a hand clap, with a hallelujah, and I'm going to give it to God because this is just a season. I'm in midnight. It's not over. It's not over, and I've been here a while. It's midnight. But if you'll sing and give praises, God can shake the jail at the midnight hour and turn things around in your life. <clears throat> Tell your neighbor, trouble don't last always. Midnight. Midnight lasts for 60 seconds. You're either before midnight or after. It's only 60 seconds. You feel like you're at midnight. Midnight's a very short season when you start giving God glory and praise, all of a sudden you will move, you're going to transition. and when you do, you're on your way out. In 60 seconds you can go, you can go from pain to praise somebody in this room this morning in 60 seconds could go from sickness to to health somebody could go from darkness to light somebody could go from lost to found somebody could go from weeping to rejoicing somebody could go from broke to divine overflow come on somebody in this house this morning could get a hold of what I'm saying and declare I'm not walking out the door of this building until I get a hold of what this preacher is preaching I've got to have victory in my life Uh, I've got to have a turnaround in my spirit Uh, it's going to happen it's going to come come on but it's up to you. You've got to take that step of faith. You've got to declare, I'm not staying where I am. Troubles don't last always. I'm going to get a hallelujah in my spirit. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise in the house this morning. If you believe this word, it's just temporary. Weeping may endure but for the night. But joy, but joy. Comes in the morning. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Not part, not part. All many are the afflictions of the righteous, uh, but God delivers us out of every one of them. He will not leave you in the affliction, He will deliver you. Touch somebody and tell them it'll be over in a little while. Job had troubles and pain. It was only for about nine months of a period of his life. And then God gave him double for his trouble. Turned it all around. Paul said, our light. It's our light afflictions which is only for a moment worketh for us. Everybody say, it's working for me. Yeah, you think it's not working for you, but it's working for you. You know what you need to do? You need to get up in the morning and say, it's working for me. I know, I know, I know. We wonder, is it really working for us? It's working for you. Right there is a good place for somebody to get it in your spirit and decide, you know what, I'm going to stop speaking evil and negative about everything that's going on in my life and start speaking, it's working for my good. It's working in my favor. Well, I don't see it. Well, I don't see it, but faith is a substance of things. For and the evidence of things not seen. You know how, you know it's faith when you can speak it when you can't see it. That's faith, that's how you speak faith. I can't see it, but I'm speaking it. I, I know God's got this. God's bringing me out the other side of it. Even when the devil is hitting me and attacking me and attacking my body and lying and attacking my marriage and my finances and my mind and my ministry, I know that God, is still working it all for my good. Somebody needs to get it in your spirit today. I can't say it for you. You're going to have to start saying it for yourself. It's working for my good. It's working for my good. Trouble won't last always. It's working. Come on, you got to get it in your spirit. you got to get it in your vocabulary. You've got to start speaking it for yourself. Come on, it's for your good. It's for your good. You need to start saying it to somebody. You need to tell your neighbor, it's for my good. It's for my good. It's for my good. It's not what you're feeling right now. Romans 8 and 28. Those of you who've been around here for a long, long time know I used to get so frustrated at this scripture. I'd go to Brother Price, my younger years of ministry, frustrated over something. He'd say, well, we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. I would walk away frustrated until the Lord gave me a revelation on that scripture. It doesn't say we understand. I don't understand how it's working for my good. But by faith, I know for we know that all things work together for the good to them. That it's working for your good. Come on, somebody. Get it in your spirit this morning. It's for your good for we know it. Uh, I don't feel it, but I know it. I can't see it, but I know it. Uh, I'm trusting it. It's working for my good. Us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Far more exceeding weight of glory. I wanted to see what a commentator thought about that. You know, Paul often put things in the, in the Olympic view. He talks about fighting and running and races. It's what we call the Olympics. In Paul's day, this was a major, major part of life. He talks about a far more eternal weight of glory. He puts it in a contest view. His words are as though one has been lifting weight for a while. How many of you have been in it for a while? Like all eight of you this morning, you've been in it for a while. The rest may not understand what I'm talking about. Here's what the Apostle Paul is saying. He said it works for a far more exceeding weight of glory. What he is saying is you have been here for a while and you've been dealing with this weight for a long while. And what God is wanting to do is move you up a weight class. He's about to move you up a weight class. You are about to go to the next level. He said, you want to go to the next level, you pray, God, take me to the next level. We come through the awakening prayer, fasting season. We're praying, fasting, asking God to take us to a next level. We come out of it. We get in hardship and struggle. The Apostle Paul sent this word to us to say, come on, keep on struggling through it because what happens is you're about to move up a weight class. When you move up a weight class, everything you've been dealing with is beneath you now. You have just moved up to a brand new level it's going to work a far more exceeding weight of glory so therefore listen I, I'm not I'm not a boxer uh, at camp at camp this week I, I met this guy a long time ago there's there's a there's a guy who's a professional boxer he's in one of the northern Indiana churches and he was at camp this week some of you may have met him and talked to him. Uh, interesting guy, but he was a professional boxer. And his last boxing match was with uh, Floyd uh, Mayweather, which is, I guess, somebody famous in the boxing world. And he he boxed Floyd Mayweather. And was, that's, at that point is when he came to the knowledge of truth and he walked away from the boxing scene. And uh, he's an interesting dude. You know, when you take pictures with him, he's he still wants to. You know, any of you that follow Tupelo Children's Mansion will see brother uh, brother um, brother Judd posted a picture with him. I believe last night, yesterday, this morning, some somewhere I saw the picture this morning. And so I was there. He comes up and starts talking about it. Here's the thing about here's a thing about boxing. You you. or or, or any of these type sports. You see, you could be a champion at one level, but when you go up a weight class, (laughs) when you go up up a weight class, nobody in the class below wants to mess with you anymore because when you move up a weight class, it means that you have accomplished everything you can accomplish in that weight class. Now you're moving to the next class. God allows us to go through something because he is saying, you know what, CLC has been a great church for a while, but I'm getting ready to move you to the next class. I'm getting ready to take you. See some of you have been going somebody said, "My Lord, there has been there has been cancer and 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 all sorts of disease and sickness that has come through this church over the last little while and people are saying, "What in the world? What in the world?" I'll tell you what it is. It's just a little while that we've been through a season and God has been working things in us and through us and for us, but he's working it for our good and now he's saying, "I'm going to bring you out the other side and when you come out, the other side, you're going to look back and say, I'm stronger, I'm wiser, I am better than I've ever been before. Come on, some of you have been going through it. Get this in your spirit this morning. God is working it for your good. Trouble won't last always. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise and stand with me this morning and lift your voice unto the Lord. Come on, you just take a moment and just give God praise. Don't do it for me, do it for him this morning. He's been on your side all along. He's been in your favor all along. He's been on your side. Open your mouth and start praising him. Your praise carries some weight with him. Come on, your worship carries some weight with him today. He's working it now. You know how to pray now. You know how to praise now. You know how to stand now. You know how to rebuke the devil now. You know how to sing in the midnight now. Come on, let's give him praise for a moment. Let's fill this house with praise and glory unto the Lord today. Oh hallelujah. 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 You've been struggling through the wilderness long enough. It's not it's not going to last always. Come on one more time. Just lift your voice toward heaven. Lift your voice toward heaven. Which are seen are temporal. Temporal. Everybody say temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. When Paul uses the word temporal, I just wanted to find the definition of the word. I was pretty sure I knew it, you know, in the here and now. But I couldn't match what what the scholars write about the word temporal because here's what they say about the word temporal in its core meaning that the word temporal means it is subject to change <laughs> subject to change Paul said for the sufferings in this life are subject to change This. The sufferings in this life are subject to change. Some of you think this is the way it's always going to be. It's temporal. It's subject to change. (laughs) Oh, God's trying to encourage somebody's faith this morning. God's trying to tell somebody today, get a hold of faith. It's not always going to be this way. It's subject to change. He's not on your time. It's subject to change. Weeping. Weeping is in order through the night. But you've got to get some joy in your spirit for the morning. All over this building, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, hands are lifted high toward heaven. I've spoken to several in this room. You know who you are. You've been going through it. You're tired of it. You're frustrated with it. The Lord sent a word to you this morning to try to encourage you. It's subject to change. It's just temporal. It's working for your good, a far more eternal weight of glory. It's going to bring elevation to you. It's going to move you up a class. You're going to move to the next level. God's doing it for your good this morning. If you're in this room this morning and you're one that's been in battle and you're one that's been in struggle, maybe it feels like the midnight hour. I want to pray with you this morning. Why don't you walk to the front of this room and just lift your hands toward heaven and declare, God, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Wherever you're taking me, whatever it is you're working in my life, I submit myself to you. That's it. Let's step forward this morning. If you don't know the Lord today, in the power of the Holy Ghost, I invite you, step to the front of this room and get to know him this morning. Come on, let's respond to what the Lord is wanting to do today. He's working it for your good. If you don't need to pray for yourself, find somebody else and link up with them and pray over them this morning. Find somebody to lay a hand on and pray for this
2: morning.
1: in the altar for just a few minutes. Why don't you come out of your seat today? Would you come down to the altar with us as we, we worship the Lord that we know it's not going to last forever? Come on, would you come? Come on, lift your hands right now. Two or three Pitch- this house time here this morning, here's what I want you to do. I want you just to link up man to man and woman to woman right now. Would you do that? Will you link up with one or two people next to you? Come on, move quickly. I promise we will get out of here real quick. You guys don't have night church. You're going to be all right. The book of Revelation tells us that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit spirit of prophecy that means what God did for you when you share that you are prophesying what can happen in somebody else's life the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy Here's what I want you right now just to do. With one or two people, I just want you to look at them right now and s- tell them one of the incredible things God has done in your life. Would you do that right now? Why don't you look at them and tell them one, one incredible thing that God has done in your life. Come on, back in the chairs. I want you to look at one or two people. one or two good things God's done in your life. Now, once you tell them that, I want you to look at them and say, if God did it for me, oh, come on, look at them and say, if God did it for me, he's going to do it all over again for you. Now, with that hand held, I want you right now just to pray for them. I want you to pray over them that God would do the same thing, that God would make a way for them like he did for you. Like God would, come on somebody. Someone needs to prophesy in this room today. Just like he made a way for me, he's going to make a way for you. Just like he provided for me, he's going to provide for you. Come on, lift your voice for just a moment right now. Come on, let that voice be lifted to the Lord.